Greg Sanderson, Jake Ojabo. We're back for the reboot. Stuck in the Middle podcast. What's the, what's the date today? April 16th, 2023. It's been a long time coming, fellas. Thoughts? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be back. You know, life gets away. I know life gets in the way. Excuse me. I know the uh, the listeners were clamoring for, for another episode of Stuck in the Middle. Or so many were listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh now we're back and we're all from three different locations uh, coming to you live. Um, but no, I'm, I'm super excited to, to get started, get back on the pod and, uh, and talk, talk some sports with you boys. A little more than sports too. Like we talked about it last night. Like, yeah, it's going to be a little more free, a little more free flowing. Greg, what, uh, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's, it's, we say this every time we start that we're going to, you know, stay committed to this. But, you know, like Jake said, life gets in the way. So it's, you know, we all have jobs. We're all doing different things. But, you know, we're going to try again to, you know, make this, you know, a consistent podcast, maybe once a week or or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to, uh, you know, there's been so much going on right now about sports. So, uh, you know, let's let's get to it. And, you know, hopefully we're all committed and and hopefully it takes off. Couldn't agree more. Now let's hear that intro music. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the Back to it. We're going to start off with a little uh, life recap. I know it's been a long time. I don't know when our last episode was, um, but it had to be last year when we were all in the same room. Um, yep. It was like last now, spring, like, probably a year yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, like they said, you know, Jake and Greg, they both have jobs, obviously, both in different locations. Jake's got a new apartment. I know he'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, myself, I'm stuck in a college apartment because i'm still in school and i'll be in school for the next two years probably um but no like i'm excited and i'll let these two guys kind of talk about what they've been doing the last year or so so you guys can yeah, go for well, it. we'll keep it somewhat brief so i uh graduated in may as you all know from penn state um started working right the next month i think i graduated may 6th started work like June, whatever, 5th or something. I didn't have much time off, but uh, jumped right into it. And it's good. Um, I don't want to bore you with the details, but it's, it's finance role, rotational program, get to do a bunch of cool stuff. So I've been enjoying it. And uh, I I could only really manage staring at the same four walls in my parents' house for so long. I, I spent, I toughed it out for eight months. And then uh I decided to move down to Stanford, Connecticut, where the office is. So uh, I think I'm coming up on week two here, and it's been great. So no complaints from me. There better not be any noise outside that window today. That's all I'm going to say. No, so, I, I shut I shut the windows, so uh, <laughs> hopefully it'll it'll be less. Wait, did you, you you actually had them open yesterday? Yeah, yeah. That's why I was so loud. Oh, okay. It's you not always a, like that. That's do you have AC in your apartment? Or did you have to like, uh, no, like a I, yeah, I have to bring in my own, but it's kind of shitty. Okay. Yeah, it sucks, but like, I got a good deal, so it's uh, you get what you pay for, I guess. And Greg, you're still um, bumming around at home, but you have a new job, so everything's cool. Still, so, I'll, you know, I'll get 
go into details a little bit. So graduated from Penn State with uh, Jake last year, so last May. Um, had a few months off, traveled to Europe for a little bit uh, before I started my job. Uh, started my full-time job last July. Uh, stayed there for about eight months. Realized the role wasn't really for me. So I recently switched jobs, been there for about four weeks so far. Um, it's fully in person. Uh, I love it. It's, it's great. It's about 20 minutes from my house right now. So uh, my role is in cybersecurity. And for uh, Spence, it's not help desk or anything like that. As, well, I mean, as like last, bro, last year, last year when we were in the, when all of us were in the apartment together, uh, or I, I forget what it was, but I think last year, like you like, in, or you did like some interview or something and they were talking, or you were talking about like how you had like a headset and you were like kind of taking me through like the job and shit. And it sounded exactly like a telemarketer. I, I don't know. That's just my, that's just my thought on it. Yeah. Well, definitely not that, but uh, yeah, it's a cyber role. So, uh, you know, help clients with their environment and stuff. Definitely won't bore you with the details, but it's, <laughs> uh, it, it's been great so far. So Still living at home, trying to save up the bread, you know, before I Love it. move away from the parents. But, you know, so far, so good. Spence, let's hear about so your uh, your Cinderella run. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, nah, like, unlike them, like, I'm not making any money right now. I'm still in school. I'm a fifth year, obviously. Um, but I was a manager for the basketball team this year at Penn State. Great year. Um, unfortunately, Shrews and, and his staff left um because they were all great people and stuff but i mean they're all going to be really really good do fantastic things at their school i know fish is that is the head coach at temple now and shrews brought a bunch of people from his from our staff this past year to notre dame they're already getting rolling on the um on the transfer portal track so like i i think next year is going to be really good i mean even the new staff at penn state um mike rhodes and the rest of the staff like we're they're all they're all really cool um great people so far we've had like a good spring workout session so it's been solid and then like as like jake said like the the cinderella run um getting to the ncaa tournament for the first time since 2011 for penn state was really really cool with like a special group of guys and then obviously beating texas a&m losing by five to texas in a really really tough fought game um but you know winning your first ncaa tournament game since 2001 it's obviously something really special to be a part of. And like, I wouldn't have traded this year for the world. Um, met some great people. And next year and the year after, I'll probably be in graduate school, hopefully doing the exact same thing and continuing along this path. So, yeah. But right now we're Love it. in podcast mode. So that's all we're going to do. I will say that one, I forget his name, but that one like power forward on Texas was Dylan DeSue. Dylan DeSue. Literally, Don't literally yeah. Marcus yeah. Aldridge. Literally Marcus Aldridge. Well, the thing Automatic. is, the th yeah, no, like the thing is with him, he's an eight and a half point, eight and a half point scorer for the season. And like, he was probably like a five or and a half, five and a half or six, like six and a half points for his career. And just casually on, on a, on a Saturday in the NCAA tournament round of 32, Decides to go nine of ten from floater range and scores twenty eight points on our head. That was unreal. That's just he what did happens. Not miss. That's just what happens. Was he a freshman? Like, honest, nah, no. Nah, I think he's a junior. Me and Greg like, were uh, were in Philly visiting some other school friends at. Uh, we were watching the game at Xfinity Live, and we were going crazy because we all <laughs> Penn State like. I think plus two and a half, and Seth Lundy hit like a three at the oh, end yeah. to make them I forgot cover. The DM. 
forgot oh, the dude, so what, what what was what was crazy is the fact that like after we smoked texas a&m I got a text from all of you saying, you guys are going to the Sweet 16. You guys are going to go far. I'm like, bro, let's not take it. Let's not go this far yet. Like, it's still taking one game at a time. They were, they, and of they course, were like, you know what happened. Like, that's the thing. Like, I think that was, like, kind of, like, the trend with our team all year was that the minute we started thinking forward and, like, not taking it one game at a time was when we went on our four-game losing streak or losing streak or, yeah. like, when we lost two straight. And then, like, once we started taking it game by game, you saw at the end of the season, the only game we lost from, I believe, Maryland or like the end of the first Maryland game to the start of the Texas game, we only lost one game. It was to Rutgers. Yeah, or two the, games, two Purdue. games. We lost yeah. Purdue in, in the in the um in the championship of the Big Ten. But like we like we it was one like it literally it was one game at a time, one day at a time. Yeah, it's all the cliches that you stuff, could possibly but, say, but like it's true. I mean, once you start yeah. overlooking uh anything, it's it's kind of you gotta focus on the task at hand it's yeah exactly all right enough about our stupid lives let's start in the actual you know action nba playoffs have just started last night we had a great slate of games um first game of the first round first first four games of the first round we had net sixers i know you guys will talk, say a lot about that uh celtics hawks Cavs, knicks kings warriors but let's start like i said net sixers i want to hear from you guys like what do you think the series is going to be? And what was your so, thoughts on last night? I I thought the Nets did a pretty good job at guarding Embiid. I mean, they doubled him every single time he touched the ball, but to limit him to 25 points, and I think he made like seven shots, I think it's a win. However, they let – because they doubled Embiid, they let so many Sixers players shoot wide-open threes. I think they hit like 21 21 threes compared to the net sitting 13. So, you know, that's part of the reason why they lost. But, I mean, I think I'll take that any day. I mean, as long as you limit Embiid, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a tall task to beat Philly. I mean, I think they'll win in four or five. The Nets will be lucky to squeeze one game out. But, hey, you know, the Nets are, you know, kind of rebuilding here. So there's not too much, you know, not too much expectations that, you know, I don't think they'll, you know, win the series or anything like that. But as long as they play tough, I'll, you know, I'll be happy with it. So, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But I, I expect them to, you know, at least have a close game. So, yeah, I, I mean, think, uh, I don't know. It's just a classic case of mismatch. Like on paper, the Sixers are a better team and, and the Nets, they played really hard. And uh, like Greg said, I think they did it pretty much as good of a job as you can do on Embiid this season. I mean, he's mm-hmm. by far and away the MVP. We'll talk about that later. But <clears throat> to limit him to 26, and I think 11 of them were free throws. So, like, he only really had, whatever, 15 points. Um, that's pretty much as good as you can get. But Harden, I mean, he he's he's good. And I, I wish we hadn't traded him. He's, he's a damn good player. But, um, no, and shout out to Mikhail Bridges. He's really been... He's balling, balling he, out. That was a. Phenomenal, he's averaging like uh, twenty-seven points with the Nets or something. Like that. I know. No, oh, it was a good return. Like, phenomenal. obviously, giving up Durant was really tough, but like, they did a pretty good job at uh, at kind of fixing the band aid, and they have got they've got some good pieces. They just kind of, like I said, it, it's a it's a mismatch. I mean, what are you going to do? I hope they can steal one or two, but the Sixers are a better team. That's really what it comes down to. I think, like you guys said, or at least what Greg said you guys made a conscious decision to double MB in the post 
and double go double, you know, players of his magnitude. The question is like the Nets, like they're gonna have to make a choice. Like at this point, are you going to live and die with the one-on-one matchup and like make Embiid beat you and like make him keep the ball in his hands or move it? Or are you going to double him and make him get it out of his hands? At the end of the day, he's going to get. At the end of the day, he's going to get his. Yeah, of course. Because he, I mean, Claxton's a good defender, but I mean, Embiid's got like fifty pounds on him. No, I think you got to double him too. And Harden like shot crazy from three. I don't think that'll be sustainable. I don't think. I don't think it will either. I think he. What was he like? Six of nine. There's no way Harden will shoot that next. He He was seven of thirteen. But like at one point, he was like. I think he was shooting like eight. Maybe six in the first half, but yeah, literally. So I think you gotta kind of pick your poison. I think you're gonna try and take Embiid out of the game, and then force like Harden and Tobias Harris to be you, which they did, and they probably will. But I mean, you gotta swallow your pride and just do it. It's playoff basketball, you know. It's it's all about matchups. It's all about um, getting the advantages where you can. So. Uh, I think it could be a relatively quick series, but uh, like like we said, we're hoping for a little bit of a elongated uh, few games here. Yeah, and I think like you said, like it comes down to the perimeter guys making shots, and I I know like it's totally different college to to the NBA, but like I think one easy draw of comparison that I can make is like for us all year, Penn State, like when we played against an elite big, we threw doubles at him, but it was strategic. And a lot of times we would stay home and stay one because a lot of the times, like when you have him keep the ball in his hands for, you know, dribble after dribble after dribble, post touch after post touch, like you're eliminating the perimeter guys that are capable shooters and playmakers to make plays. You're just taking the ball out of his hands for for possessions and moment and like minutes at a time. Yeah. So in that aspect, is... I think that you have to take your opportunities with that. But like you guys said, it does it it does come to like okay, are these perimeter guys going to make shots? And I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, you guys played some really good big men in the Big Ten. I'm just curious. I mean, Trace, yeah, Trace Jackson Davis. You think he was the best I mean, one? Uh, he, I eh, I mean, for our play style, it was definitely Zach Eady was the most Yeah, difficult. that's oh, the yeah, but, typical answer. But yeah, who do you think is like the most talented? There's a lot of good big men in the Big Ten. Most talented big that we played? Oof. Um, Trace? I think... I would say him, but... Yeah, I think so in terms good. of like in terms of college and college ability, I think Trace was the best big we played all year. But I think when you talk about, I think when you talk about NBA potential, I'd look at a guy like Coleman Hawkins from Indiana. Yeah, or not in, not Indiana from Illinois. Yeah, um, just because he's you know he can score all three levels. He's a handler, like he can handle the ball. Like he he was he's legitimately. Trace with a jump shot, in a sense. Speaking of Trace, not as, not Trace as McSorley to the Pats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're jumping all over the place. Third string. Maybe, I don't know. With the way Mac Jones is going, maybe Trace will be starting soon. Who knows? <laughs> That'll be zappy beforehand. We'll, we'll sure. talk about that later. Yeah. Let, let's go back. To, I have another question for the Nets Sixers. Um, yeah. So the Nets only scored 101 points, right? Lost mm-hmm. by 20. Correct. Is there any, is there any way the Nets should, or in any way you think the Nets could should play Cam Thomas, just for scoring? Because you know that because you because you know the Sixers are going to score, and at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to stop all the offensive options. So you have to just score. You I, know what I mean? I mean, 
you you make sense, but I mean playoff rotations are set already, so I don't think he's gonna sniff the floor unless they're either up by thirty or they're down by thirty. So they're that gonna stick sense. with Seth Curry off the bench, Harris and Royce O'Neal. You know that's their yeah. those are their three players that they're gonna go to. But I, I mean, just think like next year Cam will get a lot of minutes. So yeah, yeah. I just think like with with how. I mean, and I mean, it's again like the Nets are a solid defensive team. I'll say that again and again. And again. But when you play a team like the Sixers, no matter how good your defense is, you're going to have to score points. I don't know if, you know, maybe on their best night there is. I don't know on. I don't know if like on a consistent basis there's enough scoring in this Nets rotation to outscore the Sixers, no matter how good their defense is. No, I I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. their, their bench is like you know three and you know, catch and shoot threes, you know, that, yeah, exactly. that's right. So, right. Right. You know, they're not, they're not playmakers, but yeah, I could have guessed that you were going to bring up cam Thomas over under. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I had to like how many, let's how many, no, 40 you didn't. Point game, how many points, has, I, how many 40 point games has he had in the last month? I think four, four? and they're one and three in those. So, <laughs> it's empty not, stats, but, they, but they've been, but here's the thing. They've been in all of them. It's not like any of them were, were blowouts. They were all like six, seven point, or less losses. The, the last game debatable, but whatever. It was the last game of the season. He's very one-dimensional, and I don't think it fits. Oh, uh, yeah, no, obviously, obviously. But if you're just looking at scoring alone. Right, but the then he'll get exposed the everywhere else, I feel he's like. Good yeah, six right. man. I'll have him as six man next year. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So overall series, like what's your prediction? I know you guys probably said it already, but I'm probably – Sixers and five. Yeah, I'll go Sixers and five, too. That's what I got. All right. So, clean sweep. Sixers and five for us. Gentlemen's sweep. Gentlemen's sweep. Yep. Move on to the next game. My team, Celtics versus Hawks. Um, I mean, I told Jake yesterday. I text him, like, yo, Celtics up 30 at half. But I have a feeling, like, they're going to – it's going to show again. Like, their vulnerability is going to show. And what do you know? It did, like. They got outscored by what, eighteen at at one point in the second half. Hawks cut it twelve. Yeah, I was getting sketched out because I had Celtics minus nine and a half, with like eight and a half minutes left, and I was texting Jake. I was like, "Yo, this is fucking scary." Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think the Celtics just have like an overwhelming wing size that the Hawks don't have. Um, I think Spencer making me nervous, rocking back and forth. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm deep in thought. I'm deep in thought. Um, Let him cook. But no, I, I think like the wing, I think the the wing size for the Celtics, I, I think, I think makes them that much harder for the Hawks to deal with. And then I, and then for the, like the guard depth for the Celtics, I think is, is too much for the Hawks to handle. I think it's as simple as that talent, depth, and size. Yeah. I don't have too much to add. I think the Celtics are like, I don't I don't know. I think they they played like pretty much from what I saw of the game. They played pretty much perfect game. I think I only watched the first half though. Um, oh, but yeah. you must have only watched. The first yeah, half. exactly. Because you're talking yeah. about like all these bad things. I was like, they looked pretty much perfect. Um, yeah. But I, I think the Celtics are really well, well balanced team that can go far. But uh, do you think they they can hang with the Bucks? I mean, they definitely can hang, but can they beat the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They yeah. they they have two they have two forty point wins against them this year. That's all awesome. regular season. It's still two forty point wins. Who's and going to be honest? It's not, it's not, not going to be like it's not going to be like that. 
it's not going to be like that if that series does happen. Which I mean, who guards again, and Tatum? It's going to be a team effort. I think at times you're going to see Smart on them. At times you're going to see Horford on them. At times you're going to see Tatum. At times you're going to be see Derek White. Like it's going to be a mixture of those four guys, in my opinion. Robert Williams at times when he's in at the five. You never. It's know. crazy that Marcus Smart gonna, can guard Giannis. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw what happened last year. Like, I know Smart being the, the reigning defensive player of the year. You can literally stick him on any sing, any anybody in the NBA, and I think he would be fine holding his own. And I'm not saying like he would lock anybody up by any means, but it's not like they would have his their best game on him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I think I'm. Yeah, I don't have too much to add either. But I mean, I think I went with Celtics in four. I was all over it even in four. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, all right. I mean, I don't. I, I I mean, yesterday was one game, but I mean, I I don't really think the Hawks have a shot at all. So I'm going Celtics in four. I mean, they got the playoff experience. You know, they're they're very really good on defense, could score. So going them in four. Jake. Um, I think we're gonna get a Trey Young game at some point. So I would say I don't know. I mean it's tough. That's a it thing. Is tough. the thing. Hawks have so much offensive firepower. They're good, like, but like they're clicking, they're gonna be nice. Yeah, I'll say Celtics in five. I'll stick with the – I think the first round of the NBA playoffs is like, I don't know, it's kind of boring. It's like we all know what's going to happen. So um, whether it's five, six, that. whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, to rever- I'm trying to jinx the Celtics. Um, no, I'll say, I'll say Boston in five. That's what I got too. One thing that I did hear on the broadcast last night, they were talking about Trey Young potentially getting traded. I've year. heard – yeah, does that happen? There, there's been some locker room r- rumors about him kind of being toxic or whatever, but I'm not really sure what's going on. I, I mean, I, I mean, I totally agree. Like he, there was like, remember the thing in the beginning of the year when like he was thinking about like sitting out or not playing because he, you know, he wasn't either getting going to get the money that he deserved or something like that. But I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I could see great. it, but I also can't because they just invested so much money in Dejounte Murray. I think once yeah. they get that shit figured out, it, they'll be fine. Yeah. Anything else on that? I don't think. I mean, where where would Trey go? Like, where do you see fit? I'm trying to think of a point guard. Uh, go to like a like random like Orlando or something. No, no. My my issue with him is like, and not issue. I, Miami, I think my, maybe. My, that would be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. I just don't want to see him in the position to where like he's one of those players that's so talented offensively, but like one with with one like gaping hole in his game you know that just runs him out of the league like kind of what they're trying kind of one like kind of what they're trying to do with like russell westbrook right now what they tried to do with chris paul at one point you know what i mean yeah but those guys are they're not even out of like they're still very relevant right but like there is one they're they're like with with trey it's on ball and off ball defense with russ it's three ball and with cp3 it's his size and athletic ability on the defensive end so those guys are those so talented that, that like their their yeah. skills that they do excel at, I think kind of overshadow. If, if the Suns didn't trade for Durant, uh, I don't see how they would even go for the Suns. But yeah. yeah. All right. That about wraps it up. That was a quick one. Um, Cavs Knicks game that I was just watching and now have the uh, press conference up. That game was a heater. Like, I'm not even going to lie. That was probably the second best game yesterday. I don't know. You could probably argue best. I don't know. We'll get to the next one. But 
The Knicks look good, man. Ceiling game one on the road. It, Cavs got to deal with Stephulius Stifu- Carandel. <laughs> Steph Curry, Julius Randall. Um, yeah. What? It, I think this Dude, game. I think he's this literally taking ten three. He's literally taking ten threes. I know, like ten threes a game. Yeah, Crazy. he's been doing that a lot. Yeah, and he shoot is not even. He's like th- he was three for ten last night. Like, well, I don't. That, understand that's, that's the thing. That's that's a bad shooting night for him. He shot thirty seven percent from three this year. Yeah, but is that that's good. like that's good? I know, but is that what the Knicks like? Is that? Do they like that? It doesn't seem like that should be their strategy. Seems, going seems, in. To, seems no. to be working though. Like, let's be honest. Like, you I have guess. a you have a six nine bully of a basketball player in Julius Randle that is not only dominant in the paint, but is like a poor man's version of Zion in a sense with a jump shot. Yeah, no, he's really he's freaking like a, good. Yeah, and Jalen Brunson's so good too. That was a that was a good signing by them. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect him to do this good with them, but he kind of scared me last night, though, because like there was during that 11 0 run with the Knicks, or they were in the 11 0 run last night that the Cavs made when they Mm -hmm. went up one with like two minutes to go. I believe he had two turnovers in a row that, yeah, yeah, I saw that was around half court, I think. Yeah, yep. Um, but no, he, I mean, you guys are right, like he's been phenomenal. What he averaged like 24 25 this year, probably five rebounds, five assists. Like he's been, he has been all NBA good. Like let's be honest. Like he's. Do you think? You think he's worthy of an All NBA team? Um, I mean, definitely not first, but maybe not. Not first. Yeah, I could see it. I I mean, we'd have to map it out, but I could see it. He's probably on that borderline fringe. I'd say fringe. Yeah, and uh, like, there's so many good guards this year. It's so hard to like. Like you you gotta leave. leave For like Shea, De'Aaron Fox, Luca, Steph. Like, there's so many guys that you gotta like look at and be like, okay, is he better? Tyrese Halliburton. Another one. Yep. I mean, Donovan Mitchell on the other yeah. side of the game. Who had uh 38 and he, he was phenomenal last night. Yeah, phenomenal. And the Knicks, like uh they almost traded for him. That, Matt, Matt, or they almost what was it signing or was it a trade? I think they I, wanted no, it would have been it would have been a sign. I think it would have been a sign and trade, I believe. I think Utah wanted like RJ Barrett, like two other young players and like five first round picks. Right. It was something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, once that Rudy Gobert trade, one of that, one of that, or once that Rudy Gobert trade went through, yep. just like yep. the, <laughs> the, like the size of these deals and like the magnitude of these deals that we're trying to go through and like trying to get processed, just way too much. Anyway, yeah. if you think about it, if Giannis, save Giannis, asked for a trade, the Bucks could get like six first rounders from him or something. Probably more. Oh yeah, way more. Way it's, more. It's like the I don't even know what it. It'd be like inflation, I guess. That yeah. that oh that Rui Gobert trade just sent the whole league in a spiral, and now it's like you got to give up your whole team to get a star, and you need a star. I mean, that's what we've learned in in the NBA. You need like at least two, three stars to even compete. So I don't know. It's fun, but uh, it's kind of like a reality show with all the moving parts and stuff. So like do you that. think? Stressful. Do you think too stressful? You think the Knicks with their two I mean, I guess you would you could say they're stars in Brunson and, and Julius Randle. Do you think yeah. they have enough to surpass Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, and the Cavs? I think it's going to go seven. I think That's the series is uh, would... it's it's really two good teams that are pretty evenly matched. 
But if I had to choose, and uh, admittingly, there is a little bias because I hate the Knicks and I hate their fans. Yeah, so oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Cavs in seven. I yeah, I've been in on Cavs in seven, and I will say this about the Knicks fan base. I compare them to the Cowboys fan base because every so time, agreeable, so every, agreeable. Every time they're relevant, they think they're in a you know oh. championship, and they think they're the best team of all time. But like, and it's so weird because like most of these people are Yankees fans, and yeah. Yankees fans, it's like the opposite. It's like, uh, you know, no matter how good they win a hundred games, they make the play ALCS every year, and it's like this team sucks. You know, this team, and then the Knicks. It, these are the same people. And the Knicks, you win like one playoff series, and it's like, oh, this is the greatest team ever. Like we're we're winning it I, all. It's so I funny. think it's I think I mean like you said like with the with the comparison between like the the Yankees and the Knicks and the fa- same fans, I, it's all expectation. Yeah, like exactly. the expectation for the Yankees is that they are going to make the World Series literally every year. Yeah. Don't don't Knicks. get me started with the Jets fan base. <laughs> oh. We could have a whole hour segment on that. I would just talk for an hour about how obnoxious they are. Yeah, what's, what's 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 worse, the Knicks or the Jets? Jets. I mean, it's the same people, most of them. It's, it's the same group. Of people. But yeah. I would, yeah, just because, yeah, I don't. <laughs> we could literally go on for hours. Well, let's have like, a segment next episode and just talk about how obnoxious the Jets fan base is. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we're we're so off topic. Um, <laughs> let's go back. To, let's go back to the Knicks Cavs. Just like about the game, like what did you think was the keys for the Knicks? Like I think at the end of the day, like. This role, like when I when you when I say role players, I mean like the guys that should be averaging like in the in the teens, guys like RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes, you know, quickly like they have to produce more. That's bottom line. I yeah. know you had uh, you had numbers from 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 Josh Hart, seventeen from Josh Hart. That was great. Brunson obviously had a great game. Julius Randle great game. But like you can't have RJ Barrett giving you seven. Like that can't happen. Yeah, I was gonna say Josh Hart. Like that was a phenomenal pickup as well he's been a great fit and i know the knicks fans that we previously talked about everyone loves him like he's he's a really good character guy he's kind of he brought he brought a new he brought a new sense of like toughness and physicality that exactly and i think i think those same fans are starting to lose a little bit of luster with rj i think it's Uh, running out with him i think they they have to trade him in the off season and see, if, I mean, see what is. How many more years left on his contract? He's got. Like, I think it's. So well, he's in a, It's it's probably one because he's in the same year as Zion, and right. Zion signed his deal a year early. Yeah, so they're gonna let Barrett walk. I hope he can. I liked RJ Barrett. I always did. I I hope he can find uh, some success elsewhere, but it's not working. And we see it all the time. It might be the New York media. It might be that fan base. But I, I think it's t- I think it's just I think it's just the team fit. Like he he needs to be on a team surrounded by shooters because one thing he can't shoot. Yeah, can't. yeah but like you're not gonna build a team around RJ Barrett, especially with what he's shown. Like I right, get- right. But I think like I think when when I think RJ Barrett and his role, I think a lot of like Andrew Wiggins on the Warriors, mm-hmm. someone who's a yeah. subpar shooter, athletic, likes to attack the rim, find gaps, and um, you know, in driving the rim. Like he's just he's a relentless attacker. Like let's be honest. Like he's not he's probably not the athlete that Andrew Wiggins is, but yeah, right. that right? He like he's not the athlete that Andrew Wiggins is. Obviously, he's a lefty, but I think when you surround him with shooters, it opens up those it opens up those driving lanes. And he's obviously a great cutter as well. So I think from that aspect, that's probably how I would treat it. So maybe 
I mean, once Wiggins leaves, you maybe go to a team like the Warriors. Maybe you find a team like the Hawks where they got shooters everywhere, like Bogdanovich, Trey Young, shit like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you think the Cavs have any um, anything that like anything that stood out from the Cavs in terms of like stuff that wasn't working? Stuff they need to go two more players and need to be more aggressive. I think I think they need more out of Darius Garland. I think they're too reliant on Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it's they're going to ask him to try to score like forty every night, and they can't do that. So I think they need. Darius Garland to step up a little bit. Same with Jared Allen. I'd feel like he didn't really have a good game last night. I feel like he needs to be more aggressive. And they they've let up so many offensive rebounds last night. That's part of why the Knicks won. So yeah. and they need to do a better job rebounding. But I mean, I think Garland needs to step up as well. Be more aggressive. Take the pressure off uh, Mitchell. I think it's the same thing. Like I, I, I'm sorry for cutting you off, Jake. If you had anything to say, but. I think it's the same thing like as the Knicks with the role players. Like I think in terms of guys that can go get you 20 or 15, whatever it may be, Karis Levert at three last night. Um, yeah, what's his name? Uh, of their bench for sure. Mobley had eight last night. He's I love Evan more. Mobley. He, yeah, he's got to produce. Like, I think, you he's, think he's like one of the most fun people to watch in the league. He's just – but like Did you see points. his first dunk yesterday? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking you about. You would think crazy. after a dunk like that that he would be more aggressive to try I know. To I thought he was poised for a big-time yeah. game, and he just he just yeah. disappeared. So you both have Cavs in seven, correct? Yep. Okay, I have Cavs in seven, too. So clean sweep. Jeez. Clean podcast sweep for us. Cavs in seven, lock it in. Probably further along, we'll probably get into some bets that we want to cash, but um, – We'll just stick with Cavs and seven as of right now. Move on to Kings Warriors. Phenomenal game. De'Aaron Fox, as mentioned by Mark Adams plenty of times last night, he is him. Um, the guard play, I think, in this series is unlike any other any other I've seen this season so far. Um, I think in terms of just like two teams matching up from a guard play standpoint, it's 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 not close. Like I think this is probably the best guard matchup in the playoffs right now, just in terms of shooting guard, point guard, any wings. Um, it, it was It's going to be a phenomenal series, especially with it being in California and them being only an hour and a half apart. It's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, it was a really light fun more of those game. What did you say? I said light more of those oh, beams. Oh, exactly yeah, that thing is so annoying, but whatever. I know I everyone, like loves, it. everyone loves that. But... I like it. Um, that fan oh, base, that, sorry to interrupt. That fan base is insane. They are Dude, like once, I didn't once know. Once they start winning, bro, they show up. And they yeah, show up. who knew Sacramento? I mean, maybe they get to more sports teams. Like they only have the Kings. Maybe that's why they're so invested, though, because they yeah, only have one Portland, team. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, but like you were saying, the, the I mean, these are probably off the top of my head my two favorite point guards in the league. So this. The series I was looking forward to, and Darren Fox, my guy in two K that I. There you, I was gonna, I was just about to say they're your two favorite <laughs> point guards in two K. Yeah, teams. that's that's basically what makes them. You know, anyone that I'm good with in two K is my favorite player. So, uh, yeah. no, it, it's a really, really good game. I mean, Steph gave you gave you what you're looking for, six of fourteen from three, and Darren Fox, he was just unreal, thirty eight, and he willed them to victory. So, I really like this Kings team. I unfortunately don't think it's going to be enough we'll get to the predictions later but 
Um, I think I think the Warriors will still win this series. Anything yeah, good? yeah. I'm, I'm before even before yesterday. You know, I chose Warriors in six. I mean, I, I'll take their playoff experience any day over Sacramento. I mean, I think it's probably the most entertaining series we have. Maybe Clippers, Suns too. I feel like those are maybe the top two series that are most entertaining. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like. Golden State's going to pull out of this one. I think I'll take their playoff experience any day over Sacramento. So I, I think they'll, you know, rebound when the next three, maybe. So I'm going them in six. That's funny because I got Kings in seven. Let's go. See, I got Kings in seven for the simple fact that I think the Kings fan base, the players, and just the organization in general, they've been waiting so long for this moment. That's one. Two, this the Golden State Warriors have been atrocious on the road this year. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like under 500 atrocious. Um, when you see a game like this where Steph and Clay have a combined 11 threes made, Poole has a solid game in 17, Wiggins comes off the bench, gives you 17. Like, that's a good game for these guys. Like, not maybe, not like the, maybe not like totally – go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. I, I'm not going to say the Kings got lucky, but Andrew Wiggins did miss a go-ahead wide-open three. That would have put right, them up there, right, too, I yeah. think. And yeah. then Steph had a decent – That was a good look, yeah. And he missed. Yeah. So. I was convinced that was going to drop when he shot that. I was like, oh, it's over. He had some crazy threes he made, though, last night. That fading one in the corner with, yeah. like, He's a 50 freak. seconds left. He's nuts. Yeah. It's a freak. But, like, going back to the Kings – I think when you look at like the game that the, that the cat or that the, um, that the Warriors had, like it's a solid performance from their, basically their four best scorers. DiVincenzo had a solid night. He was impacting the game in a lot of ways. Jeremiah Green obviously brought a lot of energy, but like if you can consistently get 25 plus from De'Aaron Fox, which I think he's very capable of. I mean, he averaged what 26 this year. Um, Monk obviously is not going to score 32 off the bench every day, but Sabonis only had 12. Yeah, he was he was off. He was definitely off last night. Keegan Murray, a lot of wide open shots. That's not really his game. Yeah, like Sabonis is a bona fide 22, 23 points per game score. Keegan Murray has been a 14, 12 point a game score. He had two last night. Like I like Keegan Murray. Yeah. Good player. And then you got players like Kevin Herter. Only he had less than 10 last night. Like these are guys that are going to start playing well. Yeah. Kevin Herter think, 0 for 5 from three. That's... Yeah. Like he was like they have legit scoring options. And if they can get hot at some point, and like let's be honest, they still they I don't want to say they stole one, but they escaped with one last night. Yeah. A game that they probably should not have won. Um, with the opportunities that, that the Warriors had. But they're more than capable of of winning the series, like more than capable. Yeah. So I got no, I, I got Kings at seven. I'm gonna say I'm glad we had at least one disagreement because uh, it doesn't make for great podcasting when we all agree. But I promise we didn't uh, coordinate before. I'm gonna say Warriors in seven. That's yeah, and I'm, I'm excited. Warriors in six for me. Right. Same. It's cool. So okay. That's cool with me. Tonight's games got Lakers, Grizzlies, Bucks, Heat, Clippers, Suns, Timberwolves, Nuggets. We'll get through this quick. I just want your series predictions for each one. Lakers, Grizzlies. Let's let's go. What you got? 
Um, Grizzlies in six. Six. Jake? I want to, I want to take the Lakers. Yeah, screw it. Lakers in seven. That's what I got, too. Lakers in seven. Bucks Heat. What you got? Bucks in four. Bucks in five. Yeah, Bucks in four. Clippers versus Suns. Uh, I got I got Suns in six. I like that. I think it might be five. I'm going Suns in five. Um, Suns in six. All right, last one: Timberwolves Nuggets. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start you off here. I got Wolves in seven. I like it. I got Timberwolves in seven. I like the ambition, but you're wrong. And it's going to be <laughs> Nuggets in five. Nuggets in six. Yeah. Okay. So a lot like, I would say a lot like, uh, what's it called? The King series, King's Warrior series. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of chalk um, for the most part, but that's how the NBA first round is usually. Yeah. All right, let's move to award predictions. I think Jake said it earlier. I think he said it best, honestly. The overwhelming favorite for MVP is Joel Embiid. Do we have any disagreements there? I mean, he's been phenomenal this year. Obviously, bringing the Sixers back to three seed is, was really, really special for him. Um, yeah, it was kind of a fun, like, three-man race at some point. You know, everyone had their, like, month or so. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought Giannis and then Jokic, three-peat. But I think Embiid the past few weeks really snatched it and made it not even a, uh, a conversation. Yeah. He, he yeah. dominated. Like people are like, oh, Jokic is averaging a triple double and they got the one seed. But I mean, Embiid's numbers are better, I think, sure. personally. And he's he just more dominant than Jokic. Give it to Embiid. Before, before the All Star break, did you guys ever see what who the favorite for the MVP was? The Tatum? Yeah. Huh. Before the All Star break, it was Tatum. And that was my pick pre-All-Star break, and then post-All-Star break, like the first month after the All-Star game, he was horrible. Like, for his standards, he was bad. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick Embiid. Obviously, clean sweep. And then to finish off NBA, we're going to go first team. All-NBA first team. I'll start. I got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. We got Luka, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Joel Embiid. That's my five. I'll go Giannis, Embiid, Luca, Tatum, and Donovan Mitchell. Oof. I mean, the four. Yeah, we we agree on the four. All you guys agree. <sighs> Point guard. I think SGA as well. So I guess I'm with Spence here. SGA, Luca, Giannis, Embiid, and who am I forgetting? Tatum. Yeah, Tatum. Jason Tatum. All right. Good looks. That's about going to wrap it up with the NBA. So I'm going to leave it Thank to you God. guys to get into the uh, – <laughs> it's been a, it was a long one, I will say. But obviously, it's like it's a talk of – it's talk of sports right now. Like, yep. you know, NBA is hot right now. It's playoffs. Have to get to it at some point. Obviously, going to bring more, more talk to it a lot. So we'll let you guys handle the uh, MLB, and I'll just chip in where I see fit. Cool. No, I, I think uh, the beginning – well, this MLB season has been obviously a lot of people are are watching because new rules and there's a lot to talk about there, but we don't have to dive too much into that. Um, I think we're going to focus more on 
who we think is coming out of each division or who's winning the leagues. Um, so I guess we'll start there, Greg. Who, I mean, I was going to bring up the Rays maybe a little later. So we can start with the AL East. Yeah. Who do you think is going to come out on top? Still going to still gonna go with the Yankees. I think they're, I mean, if you look at the Red Sox, they got no pitching. They traded. Horrible. They suck. No Bogarts. You know, they're no, so bad. <laughs> let's get them out of there. Um, yeah. Orioles, they're, I like, you know, where they're headed. They have a really, a lot of good prospects and young players, but they're not quite there yet. So I think they'll finish maybe fourth in division. Blue Jays, they're good, but I still don't think they have the pitching. They probably have the offense, but pitching, I'm not, I'm, I think, you know, that's their weak link. I think they'll, they'll probably sneak in for a wild card though. So I think they'll, you know, get a wild card with Tampa. I don't think Tampa's going to win the division. Uh, I, I'm i going to go with the Yankees all the way. I mean, I'm, I'm a diehard Yankee fan, so obviously I'm biased there. But I, mean, I just like, you know, the Yankees moves this offseason. They got Rodon. They brought up Volpe. So I think, you know, they're rejuvenated a little bit. But we just got where that stands on the IL. They're continuing to play Aaron Hicks. So oh. definitely frustrating. But, I mean, I'm going to go with the Yankees to win it. Yeah, it's uh... – I hope, dude. I, I really do hope. I think this team is really good. They have a good balance of old guys and, and the new, young, exciting players coming up. And Judge just signed the extension. He's the captain now. I think that this team has a really cool vibe to them, and I love watching them. But I don't know. I Tell me why the Rays aren't going to win. I mean, they, they've proven, obviously, to get off to this hot start, and it's not like this is going to last. But it, I think it's the lineup. Their pitching is really good, but the lineup it could let you down. But like right they now, they don't have like they just, they don't have that one guy. Like they don't have yeah. like an Otani or Aaron Judge or like a Trout. Like I agree, and, like and, a bunch of like you know good contact hitters. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but that that's how they do it. It's, I think it's the their analytics and their front office is like impeccable. They have by far the best front office in the league because, you know, they can't pay anybody. So they get all these diamonds in the rough and they develop these guys. And, and then once they become too good, they ship them off somewhere else and then they refurbish. It's like, it's really impressive. And, uh, and I, they're going to make the playoffs though. They're going to make it. Dude, I really do think they're going to win the division because it's a long season. And like, I agree with you. They don't have that one guy, but I think that only comes into play when, um, you know, when when it's a playoff series and everything gets magnitude, everything, but it's a long season and they have these contact hitters that are freaking annoying to go up against. And their pitching is G Man Choi. No, no, he's somewhere else. Oh, thank God. The Yankee killer. But their pitching staff is so like Jeffrey Springs is so fun to watch. Glass now, obviously, they they have a really really good team, and I have faith in their front office. I'm kind of like a a sports nerd, I guess. I love the analytics stuff, oh, yeah. so I think um, I have faith in their in their analytics team. So I'll go Rays, but I do think the Yankees will obviously make the playoffs wild card. And I do think that if the Yankees played the Rays in a playoff series, it would. It, it would be Yankees like maybe in five or so. But it, like wow, I said, I keep saying it's the long season that like these analytically driven teams can eat, can kind of take advantage where the Yankees um, kind of just rely on hot streaks. 
Yeah, really quick, I think. I mean, once they get back Severino and Rodon, their rotation will be a lot better. And then True. Harrison Bader's coming back. Their bullpen's going to get a little healthier when Loisaga comes back too. I still think they need another bullpen piece. But, I mean, once these players start coming back, I think you'll see a more consistent lineup. So, Yep. Spencer, you got an A at least. Most definitely not the Red Sox, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we were talking about that yesterday. Just like the just how horrible their pitching has been this year and how horrible take the blue jays we can uh all take a different team see i i actually like the blue jays yeah me too but like here's the thing with them i don't know like if like like you said they have like that one two like big punch and boba and and uh vladdy i just don't know if they have like a complete enough team to to win it you know what i mean yeah no definitely they they, they have some glaring holes like run me through their run, run me through their pitching staff because I know like I'm probably missing a couple, but they've Kevin Gosman, Manoa, he, yeah, Manoa uh, he he's been rough to start this year. Yeah, I mean he's had what two starts? It's not a big he's, deal. He's he's playing right now. He's he's in his fourth start right now. Right as, as we're speaking. Yeah. So they have Manoa, Gosman, Kikuchi, Chris Bassett, and Barrios, who sucks right now. They gave Bassett's, him like I think they gave him like a hundred million. He sucks. Barrios yeah. has been bad. Uh, what's his name? Bassett's been poor this year. Yeah. Uh, Manoa started off pretty poor. I mean, Kevin Gosman's like a he's, he's like a yeah, borderline he's really ace. He's yeah, he's really good. He's, he's really, really freaking good. good so he's terrible right. on the Orioles. I know it's weird. I don't know how they kind of changed his philosophy or something. They they something clicked and they found something in him. And they have a good bullpen. They have, but they do kind of have some glaring pieces in their uh, glaring holes in their lineup. So we will but, see. Um, like I want to, I want to take the Rays because, like, they're again, they're like, there's players on that team that are like, I like McClanahan, who you forgot to mention as yeah, like for the pitcher, who's probably their best pitcher, right? Yeah, I mean, you like, could, obviously, when when fully healthy, it's probably Glasnow. Yeah, it's so hard because right they're all so freaking good, dude. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's really, I love their rotation so much. And, uh, and so, Wander's, Wander's been amazing too. Like, yeah. He's been really, really solid. Um, And God knows I'm not picking the Yankees, but <laughs> I, I mean, I think it'll probably be the Rays, but yeah, no, for the sake of it, I'll, I'll pick the Jays. I all like right. their offense. I like their heavy hitters. Um, Boba has been really, really good this year. Um, He's been great for the fantasy team, at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take the Blue Jays. Why not? Cool. All right, let's run down quickly to the AL Central. Um, we got right now the Twins are ten and five, so they're they're yeah. in first. But do you think that that's going to last? No, I don't no. think so. I mean, before the season, I picked the White Sox, but I feel like they always disappoint every single year, and they're every year they get screwed with injuries. I think Tim Anderson's hurt right now. I, I think I could be. He wrong. is. He's on the aisle. He's going to be back in two weeks, though. But, I mean, they're they're decimated with injuries every single year, so you almost feel bad for them. But then I feel like they're like the Chargers of the MLB. They have, like, all the talent. <laughs> yes, and such a, like, good, such a good comparison. And they just – everyone gets injured, and they always let you down every single year. But uh, I'm going to – I guess I'll go with the Guardians. I think – Terry Francona is the best manager in that division, but they also have a pretty well-balanced lineup and they always have good pitching. So 
I'm gonna go with them. And they have a really good bullpen, Manuel Classe. And yeah, then yeah, he's, he's unhittable. He's very solid. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with uh Cleveland to win it. I am gonna uh, I think I'm gonna fall into the trap. I'm just gonna take the White Sox and I know it's probably not gonna happen, but I, I think they're they're definitely the most talented team in the division. The, the Guardians have a really good contact oriented uh lineup, but I think the White Sox have the better pieces overall. Um yeah, I'll stick with the White Sox, even though it's dumb, Spence. I mean, you know, I'm going with the White Sox. I'm a big time Tim Anderson stand. I oh, mean, God. once they get he- once they get healthy, like if they can stay That's healthy, yeah. But you say that they're you say that every really year. good, and Dylan Cease is amazing. Like they like they have a very very good pitcher who's probably one of the best pitchers in the league right now. Yep. Um, Lance Lynn's outfield. been awful, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, like they have capable pitchers. Like Lance Lynn is capable. He hasn't been great, but he is capable. Um. Their outfield, if healthy, is really good. I mean, is uh, what's his name? The not uh, Luis Robert, like not Eloy. Him, the other dude, Eloy. Eloy. Yeah, is he he's still there? Yep. Yeah, so they have Eloy, Luis They're, Robert, and Benintendi. They have a really good outfield. Um, I about Benintendi. Solid I mean, infield. Yeah. Yeah, he, if he's if he's healthy, he's solid too. Yeah, and they have this they new got, kid, Oscar Colas. He's an outfielder yeah. pro- prospect. He's really, really fun. Stolen is bases. Your, is your boy, uh, what's his name? The first baseman that you liked last year? The white dude? A- it, Andrew, uh, Vaughn. Oh, Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn. Is he still on the team? Yeah, yeah. He's good. No, they have, a, they have like Gavin Sheets. They have a lot of good uh, players. And Michael Kopech, I've always loved. But mm. I don't know if he's going to. Might be. Is he in the bullpen now? I know. Yeah. Where. I think he is. They're they're weird with him, but he's so talented. He throws so hard. All right, let's, I'm, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the White Sox. Let's, I'll just I'll just say that I'm taking the White Sox. All Despite right. their six and nine record, I'm taking the White Sox. AL West, you know this this could be a fun division. I think a lot of people just kind of wrote in the Astros, but the Mariners are a really fun team. I know the Rangers were kind of a hot pick to win the division uh, in the preseason, like a lot of a lot of sharps. We're taking the the Rangers. So, Greg, are we going to finally slay the Astros? Hell, hell no! I don't. Think so. <laughs> Listen, I've lost. I've lost all hope in the Yankees beating the Astros until it actually happens. Yeah, they're 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 loaded. They're pit, even they they lost Verlander, but they're they're pitching. It so doesn't good. matter. They like, got Hunter Brown, and now. they got they upgraded at first. They let Guriel go, Jose Abreu upgraded and got Jose Abreu. So like now. And you know, like two years ago, they lose uh, Correa. They get Jeremy Pena. It, it's ridiculous how these this team they're like functions. a dynasty still. <laughs> Literally, I, I think I think they're gonna win the division. So yeah, I have no pushback on that. I got the Astros winning the division. I hope sure. the Angels make the playoffs though, because I want to see Trout, Otani. Like, like that's gotta happen. Like, I know. I, I want them to make it so bad. I think they could sneak into a wild card. Spence, See, who you got I in the guess, West? I, I guess I'm just like going against everything you guys. Take, go with I'm, no, I'm taking the Mariners. I like it. I love the Mariners for no reason. Like, I just think they're like their first three pitchers and Castillo, Gilbert, and Kirby are good enough to make the playoffs. They're good enough. They're not great. They're good enough. And then Julio Rodriguez is that guy that's going to win you. Like, if you if you get into a wild card game, he's one of those guys that can single handedly win you a game. And then you have a bunch of like a really solid supporting cast, Ty France, Daniel Suarez, T 
Teoscar Hernandez like clinic yeah. like like that's a solid like finishing like back end to no to their outfield's loaded I really like yeah. their lineup but it's yeah. the pitching that concerns me Spence yeah. who's and your I, boy Spence who's your boy on the pitcher on Seattle who you love in George, fantasy George, George Kirby no no the starter Logan Gilbert, Gilbert. yeah no, no Robbie Ray oh it Robbie was like, like he was like some like average pitcher huh uh let me see Oh, hold I'm on. gonna hold on. I'm gonna check. Is he still on? I think he played Chris in like Fle- Chris Flexen. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that's that's your boy. That's not oh, mine. That's he was on your fantasy team last year. He wasn't on mine. Chris Flexen. Luis Castillo, bro. He's starting off nice this year. It won't last. That's he's gonna get injured. He's he's having a solid year so far. All right, let's move it along while we look for Spencer's uh, fanboy in the. Mariners rotation. Let's <laughs> move on to the NL East. Um, right now, Braves are top of the division, but the Mets, Phillies, I mean, Phillies won the or made to the World Series last year, and they're probably going to finish third, maybe. I mean, this division is really, really good. Greg, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the Braves. They've been there, done that. I think the Mets have, I think they're too reliant on Scherzer and Verlander, and they're both hurt right now. And I don't think they have that offensive firepower that the Braves have. So I'm going to go with the Braves to win that division. Phillies are decimated with injuries right now, like every single year. So I think they'll sneak into a wild card. And then you got the Nationals, who are probably the worst team in the league, and Miami, who's always, you know, subpar. So yeah. Go with Atlanta. Yep, I'm gonna join you there. I, I, I mean, if you go down their lineup, it's like it's just all stars. I, I love this lineup. Um, pitching's really good. Spencer Strider is like one of my favorite pitchers to watch now. And they have this new, uh, new guy too. It, it's kind of similar to the Astros where they keep just re refreshing. It's crazy how many these teams are just so good at drafting and and then you see the teams that are constantly in turmoil constantly at the bottom of the league yep it's just like it's really a big difference in drafting so i'm gonna go with the atlanta braves couldn't agree with you more um they're like you said the offensive firepower is just way too much once they're pitching it's healthy like once kyle wright comes back healthy once once Max Freed comes back healthy, then you add Spencer Over. Strider Over. eventually, you know, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Charlie Morton. If he comes back to like, you know, solid play. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to pick against them. Like if Bryce Harper was healthy all year, I would consider taking the Phillies. What about but the Mets? It, we even talked about the Mets. No, I, I just don't think their offense is good enough. Like, like they have, like, again, like they have the pitching, but again, like you guys said, it's hurt. Like two yep. great, great pitchers are hurt. It's hard to bet against the Braves. I'm going to stick with them. Yeah, I think the Mets were kind of a sexy pick as well coming into the, the season. A lot of people had the Mets winning this division, but, you know, it's the Mets. It's the same they're old reliant. Mets. They're too reliant on Scherzer and Verlander. They're both like four. Exactly. Carrasco is awful. <laughs> What's his that, was a, that was such a bad pickup for them. It's like, but that new ER, guy Kodai Senga is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Carrasco's ERA is eight point five six right now. That's in, like in, in three starts. That's in three starts. Yeah, that's crazy. 
All right, let's move down to the Central Division of the National League. Greg, who you got? I'm going to go to the Cardinals, even though Milwaukee, I think they're like 10-5 and five right now, and they yeah. got off a hot start. Cardinals are struggling right now. But preseason, I like the Cardinals roster a little bit better than Milwaukee. I think the Brewers lineup is still a huge question mark. I mean, they got Yelich, but you know he's, he's not the same as he was a few years ago. They have uh, that guy Rowdy Telez, who's pretty good. Yeah, they have uh, the shortstop. Do you think he's the fattest player in the MLB? Vogelback. Yeah, I mean Rowdy Telez. He's a hefty. It's, man. He's a hefty yeah, it's man. them too for sure. He's a hefty man yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I like the Cardinals lineup. I mean Arenado, Goldschmidt. I think that's like literally the best like one-two punch you can get. Yeah, I love the Cardinals lineup as well. I think their pitching, they, their pitching is still. I think they need another pitcher. Yeah, it's a little suspect, but like if Flaherty Montgomery can kind of hold down the fort, you can kind of tinker with the back half of the rotation. But I agree. I think they're gonna live and die by their by their starters. Um, I, I think the Cardinals, I'll pick them to win the division as well. I love their lineup. Like I said, Jordan Walker, this new prospect is yeah, like a crazy hit streak. Um, they have a lot of like really good, you know, just role play. Like they've Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond up the middle. There's just good contact surrounded by, of course, Arenado and Goldschmidt that do everything. So yeah. I like their uh, lineup a lot. And shout out to, Tyler O'Neill, Spence's boy, another one of his weird <laughs> obsessions. That's of Greg's guys that boy. That's suck. not mine. No, you That's love not my Tyler. Boy. I dropped. I dropped him. I dropped him in my fantasy league. Spence, uh, I get the every time we make a trade, I always win. Every True. time, and it's debatable. Um, let's see, who do I want to go with for my winner? I'd probably say I want to go with Pirates. Milwaukee. Not well. I mean, I was thinking about the Pirates. O'Neal Cruz is that man, bro. He's that man. He's out for the year. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm probably gonna go to. I'm probably gonna go with Milwaukee just because I think their pitching is way too good. I think right. you have you have two, you know, two aces and Woodruff and and Burns, and then I know Woodruff's hurt right now, but you have on the back end, you know, as a closer, you have um, what's his name, Devin Williams, and then Peralta if he can get back to his former self from. Two years ago and last year, he'll you know he'll be fine, and I think their hitting is serviceable enough to win at a high level. And who knows? Like they're off to a good start. If they can continue that, they'll be just fine. Yeah, it's a solid pick. It's a solid pick. Moving out west, we got. I think it's pretty much a two man race. Dodgers, Padres. Um, what do you think, Greg? Going Padres. Even though I know a lot of people are off the Padres, but I'm still going to stick with it. When Tatis comes back, their one through four is going to be Tatis, Soto, Machado, and Bogarts. Like that's, that's insane. That's undefeatable. And undefeated. I mean, I think the Dodgers actually got a little worse this offseason. They let Trey Turner go, and their lineup's a little bit of a question mark still, even though they got Freeman and Betts. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Padres in this one. Me too. I think. Uh... The trend continues of just like these fun young teams. Uh, we we talked about the Braves. We talked about the White Sox. I think the Padres is another one of those teams that just keeps. I mean, it seems like they have unlimited money. They just pay every free agent like max contracts. It's pretty crazy, but it's fun. I like the Padres a lot, and I, I think the Dodgers run kind of 
got a little boring. So I like to see some fresh blood in the NL West Padres. Clean sweep because I'm going to Padres too. Um, I mean, you guys said Slam Diego. Literally. Um, You guys said it best. Like their one through four is unstoppable. Cronenworth yesterday at least was really good. He had two home runs. Like they were, they, he's been solid. Their pitching is again, serviceable enough to where they can win at a very, very high level. Um, It's just kind of crazy. Like back when we were like in middle school, like elementary school, whatever, you would not have taken the Padres to be like relevant at all yeah. in the near in the future. You know what I mean? They were like, like for, yeah, for a small market team like that. Yeah, it's and just they, a weird. It's just a weird thing to see now. Prospects. They trade all their prospects for like, like the, well, actually, they got Josh Hader like out of nowhere. Yeah, and they just yeah, a bunch of prospects like they exactly. do not care at all. They don't. They yeah, they kind of run like the Rams in the NFL. They just like do whatever to win like this year. They don't. They just disregard the future, but I mean, who knows? Maybe that's the strategy because their lineup's pretty freaking good. And uh, that's the thing, though. Like their future, at least with these four guys, it's like for the next eight years. I know because they they signed all these guys to like really long deals, and they get them early, so they kind of do it smart. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. But but We've like, also also gotten lucky with like Tatis is like, did we like did we all think Tatis when he was a prospect was going to be this good? Yeah. This this good though. Like we knew he's gonna be good, but this good. He's so good. I will yeah. say Juan Soto has actually been ever since he became a padre, his stats yeah. have been awful. So that's no, actually I, really I do agree. I do agree with you on but that. But yeah, They're I think good. it'll it'll wrong, they yeah. have not been as good. I think he'll come back to himself pretty soon. Yeah. I'd hope so for the for their sake. Yeah. Um all right, let's wrap up MLB before the listeners fall asleep. <laughs> No, they're not falling asleep. They're listening to Jake Orange Juice, Greg, uh, Greg Sandy Cheeks, and Spencer Jennings. You know, Never podcast a little bit. That's what you want me to say. Greg Sandy Cheeks. Next, next, you, uh, next subject here. Yeah, let's bring out. Let's talk about the NFL. Our last sport on the docket. The draft coming up. I think in two weeks. Uh, maybe a little less. Uh, Get those mocks ready. Eleven days. Yeah, Get those mocks ready. Exciting. Um, Spence, what do you? I mean, what do you want to talk about the draft? I mean, there's so much to talk about. What's kind of the standout to this draft, in your opinion? I mean, I think it's said it's for himself, said for itself. Quarterbacks is obviously like talk of the draft, and I feel like that's every draft. But I think this year, it's interesting because you have four guys that look that could legitimately be the number one pick. I think in the past. I, at least like with you could point to like the Burrow draft, he was automatically going to be number one. You can talk about the Trevor Lawrence draft. He was going to be number one. Yep. Um, but this, this one, there's like a legitimate thought as to for one, first of all, what, what fit is going to be best for each quarterback. And two, like there, there are all these player ceilings I feel like are high enough to where they could be number one, but there are some with sketchy floors and I think we'll, we'll get to that, but Greg brought up a good point. We could we could rank one through four, whatever you guys want to do. Rank quarterbacks one through four. We can go through top prospects. I know we'll talk about like the Yank or the Yankees, the Patriots and the in the Giants, but um, we'll talk about those two as well, like team needs and stuff. Yeah, I guess I'll I guess I'll start with ranking the. So we can we all agree that probably the top four quarterbacks out of this draft are Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Richardson, and Levis. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now the 
topic of topic of conversation is how do you rank them, and where do you, you guys them? you guys can go first? This is like, this is probably the toughest thing, and like I literally have no idea who's going to be the best out of them, because you got Bryce Young, who's a totally different quarterback than like Will Levis. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. it couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> so right. I guess this is it's really tough, but. I'm probably going to go – I think Richardson will be the best out of all of them. I think he – he's raw, and he's definitely going to need some developing. But if he's under the right situation with the right offensive coordinator and then he has some good receivers, a good offensive line, I know that's asking for a lot. But I think just his physical ability, I think he can have the most successful career out of those. Um, what do you guys think on, on number one? No, I, I like Richardson a lot, but I, it's it's tough because I kind of see it as like Young and Stroud are kind of like the, you know, if you're if you're like a GM and you don't want to get fired, it's the safe <laughs> pick. It's yeah. safe. So it's floor, like Young yeah, so and Stroud. Okay, gotcha. It's more like you know, it's uh, it's a safe pick. Whereas you know, Levis and Richardson, it's it's a wild card, but like you said, I think they both have really tremendously high ceilings. I think I, I, you know, the Levis comparisons to like Josh Allen is a little ridiculous, but he he does have you know that that he has all the skills. It's just like we all we all yeah we all watched him play at Penn State, <laughs> and he was uh, he's from Connecticut, that- so I've been following him for a decent amount of time, and I don't think he's gonna be fit in the league, so. What do you think, Spence? I think with Levis, I don't think we doubt the skill like you just said. I think it's a brain thing with him and decision-making. Even at Kentucky, like you have all the talent around you to Kentucky. Like his first year, you have Wondell Robinson, who's an NFL player right now. Like he had legitimate NFL players around him. It was good, but – Again, like what comes into what comes into play is the decision making. I feel like he's kind of like uh, if there is downfall, I think that is going to be the downfall. He's like very fluky. Like he's he reminds me, and this isn't he's probably going to be better, but he kind of reminds me like the Taysom Hill, and that's kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a running back. It's weird. He's not a he's not very accurate. He has a really strong arm. Oh, he has a credit incredible arm. But that's the exact (laughs) reason why he's. Right. Yeah, it could go that either way. Video because like Wilson slinging it. Levis. Yeah. The thing is, uh, I don't know. He's he's shooting up the draft boards because this he is the exact profile that Josh it's Allen had coming out of it's, Wyoming. It's an, it's arm talent. It's arm, it's arm talent. talent. He's super inaccurate through a lot of interceptions, but like the scouts just like fall over themselves when they see like these clips of him like rolling to the right, throwing across his body. But that being said, I think um, if I had to rank, let's do it. I'll go Bryce Young one. I think his intelligence is going to really shine through. And like, no matter he's small, but I mean, so is Drew Brees. So is there's countless. I mean, Kyler Murray's not a great comp right now, but there's been there's been small quarterbacks that can excel in this league. So Bryce Young one, Stroud two, and then I'll go. Uh, I'll go Richardson and Levis. I'll go. You guys already know I'm going to go Richardson one. Then I'm going to go Stroud two. 
Bryce Young three, Levis four. I'm off the Levis train. I, I don't That's care. Good. I don't care. I I I I watch him at Penn State. <laughs> I know he got better at Kentucky, but no, I I can't see him doing well. So I'm off him. And then and then Bryce there, so Bryce yeah. Young's Bryce Young's height and weight do worry me a little bit. So that's why I have him three behind Stroud. So did you guys when you guys were ranking, did you guys take did you guys go off of like ceiling, floor, or a combination of both? Combinate who's gonna have the best uh career? Yeah. Like when we look back in 20 years, it's like Oh, that was the uh, Anthony Richardson draft or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'll I'll give you guys two. I'll give you guys ceiling, and I'll give you guys a combination of both. For ceiling, I'll go Anthony Richardson one, Levis two, Stroud three, Young four. Yeah. For combination of both, for combination of both, I'll take Richardson one, Stroud two. Young three. Damn, you Levis guys are four. off Bryce Young. <laughs> you copied me, Spence. You can't do that. No, I it's it, but like that's that that's the thing though. Like at least with Young, you have a guy that makes great decisions. You have a guy that's really good on his feet. With with Levis, you have someone that is good on his feet and has a strong arm, but is very inaccurate, which is a tough thing to fix. And two, he's not a good decision maker. At least with yeah. Richardson, you just have a strong body that has like good intangibles and good enough attributes and all the throwing and running stuff to where you can get better at those things. And then with Stroud, I, th- I just think he's your prototypical like solid NFL quarterback. I just think he has pretty much all the things you want, maybe not at an elite clip, but I think those things are all like are all not fixable, but like all, all things that can be um, that can be worked on and improved over the course of a career. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, no, I think the, the thing I keep seeing is that like the tight end is it's apparently the best, you know, tight end draft that we've seen in like probably ever. Honestly, I think, I forget who it was, but somebody, one of the analysts said, um, I think they said there's going to be like six tight ends in the first two rounds or something like that, which is pretty crazy. But are there any other positions that kind of stand out? I know offensive tackle is always a, a popular in the first 10 picks, but is there anything that stands out to you guys? I guess since I'm a Giants fan, I know the Giants, I mean, they they signed a few receivers in the in the uh in the free agency, but they still need, you know, like the, they still don't have a number one guy. But this draft, there's no receiver that stands out as a yeah. bona fide, you know, number one receiver who's guaranteed to go in the top five or whatever. You know, there's no like Garrett Wilson of this year's draft or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, the past so, couple of years we've been spoiled with receiver drafts, and I think this is the first kind of down year in a while. So it, in the Giants' case, I, there's like – Jordan Addison from USC. There's the guy from Ohio State, uh, Smith and Jigba. Yeah, and then there's Zay Flowers. There's a I few think he's going to be the best one. I love Zay I think, Flowers. I think he's going to be the best one. I don't really know who's going to be the best out of them. I have to do a little bit more research, but 
I mean, the Giants are like locked in to get a receiver. I mean, I'd be so surprised if they don't. Do you want to know who I have the Giants getting at 26, Greg? My mock. Zay Flowers? Yeah, I got Zay Flowers. I think Addison. I just see it. I can see it. But I I don't know. A lot of people are saying Smith and Jig was the only first-round receiver. That's kind of the new report that's come out. Like, it's really – these guys are all, like, second, third – Kind of second tier receivers. That's By the way, the thing. There's, just, it, there's just Smith and the Jigba on like the Pirates. Yeah, it's his brother. It is, right? I was yeah. Gonna say, yeah. Like, there's there's no just, way. Wait, he has a brother in the MLB. Yeah, he's on the Pirates. That's sick. That is cool. Um, but no, it's like going back to the receivers, I think when you look at like that grouping of three, four receivers, however many it is, I think that they all fall between like the 12 to 15 rate 12 to 15 at the, at the very highest and as low as like 30 in the first round like i think when you're talking about four receivers that i think will go in the first round i would go smith and jigba i would go um jordan addison zay flowers and who's the other one uh quentin johnson the kid from tcu yeah i don't know it's interesting and another position i really like the the crop of in this draft is corners. I think that's that exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, there's Love kind of three one. standouts. Yeah, potentially like up to four or five in the first round. My favorite, Devin Witherspoon, Illinois. He, I want the Patriots to get him so bad. Uh, we also Joey Porter at, at Penn State, and then Christian Gonzalez as well. Um, Spence, who's your standout corner? No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think Devin Witherspoon would be the would be like the dream Patriots pick in my well, mock. I, I think right. which means it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And well, like like we've seen, we've seen Belichick in these last couple of years pick someone that one he's probably they're not like bona fide first round picks. In one, <laughs> two, he's also close to the to the uh, coach or staff of the college team that they picked. Yep. Did exactly. you happen to did you happen to see who I think they're gonna draft at 14? Uh no. Who? I have BJ Ojaleri from LSU. Aziz's uh, brother, right? I don't like someone it. some so, I, 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 neither neither do I, but I think it might happen. For the simple you're fact biased. that him and, for the no, for the simple fact that he spent more time on the LSU campus than any other school during pre-draft stuff. Like all like all the pro days, he spent more time on the LSU campus than anywhere else. He loves is, Brian Kelly. Is LSU the only uh or is Ojalari the only LSU guy in the first round projected? Yeah. No, he's not even projected in the first round. He's a second round. <laughs> That's exactly why I think he could go that high. Because Belichick 14. seems to do that. I know it's it's gonna be scary. Like I don't want it to happen. Trust me, I do not want it to happen. He reminds me a lot of like a um kind of like an Uche in a sense, like someone yeah. that can, that's like undersized at the, at the edge rusher position that can play like a like, hybrid. Does he play yeah. like linebacker kind of he, thing? Yeah. He's like an undersized edge rusher that will end up playing outside linebacker for them. Gotcha. That's a gotcha. very good tackler. Um, But like, like you said, I think Devin Witherspoon would be like the ideal one. And obviously there's three, maybe four corners that, that will go like in, you know, in the teens, probably in the twenties. I got Devin Witherspoon. Then I have Gonzalez going to the Chargers at 22, Porter to the Baltimore Ravens at 23. And then I have Deontay Banks, the Maryland corner, 
going to the Buffalo Bills at 28. Yeah, and I know there's also Emmanuel Forbes from uh, yep. Mississippi State. Right. Yada, yada, yada. But I think it's pretty much uh, all we got for the draft. We can talk maybe a little more on next week's episode, kind of previewing uh, that Thursday's draft. But um, no, I'm excited for the NFL draft, of course. NFL is king, so whenever there's an NFL event at any point in the year, it kind of reigns supreme. There's nothing better than the NFL draft. No, there's really not. Especially the first just round. for like a collection for a collection of like multiple days that's like televised events that aren't games. It's hard to pass the NFL. Yeah. It's really hard to pass the NFL draft. You know, you, you can give Goodell a lot of shit, but he knows how to run a business. I'll give it to him. Yeah. So uh I guess before we wrap it up, uh, do we want to give a quick little outlook on how the Patriots and Giants may do this year? Let's do it. Go Giants first. All right. Well, I guess the biggest news from the Giants offseason was that we re-signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million contract after you know him having his career year last year under Brian Dable. Obviously, he led them to the divisional round, so he won that playoff game against Minnesota. He played really well. He threw for like over 300 yards, I think, had two touchdowns, had some a lot of rushing yards, so he played really well. Then shit the bed in Philly. So, you know, that was kind of expected. Philly was much better than the Giants were last year, but I don't think anyone expected them to, you know, make the NFC divisional round, so I take that as a plus. Brian Dable is the coach of the year, but listen, the pressure's on right now. Jones has really got to prove himself, even though he got this contract. It's not a guarantee he's going to stay these four years. So he still needs to do better, you know, under Brian Dable. So, you know, they went out and got a few weapons at at receiver. They got Paris Campbell from Indianapolis. They're probably going to draft someone from, you know, in the first round. And then they got Darren Waller. So they're surrounding Jones with, with some decent weapons and probably missing a few others. But, uh, you know, Saquon's back under the franchise tag. So, you know, there's a question mark there with, you know, whether they'll re-sign him to a long-term deal. But it, it all comes down to the quarterback. If he takes a step up, this team will definitely, you know, make the playoffs. But we'll see. I mean, I'm not I, – I think Jones is going to have a good year. I just don't know what that year will look like. So, Fair. you know, we'll see what happens. I think you got to be careful of uh, Daniel Jones, like – Last season, it was the contract year. Now he gets paid, and we see it all the time in sports where, like, once you get the contract, they just, like, you know, foot off the pedal. But hopefully, for your sake, he uh, he turns it up a notch, and hopefully they can build around him. And I don't know. I doubt they sign Saquon. Do you think they would sign no, after the franchise tag? I think they're – not that they're, like, off him. They just don't want to invest so much money in a running no, back. No, it's, it's really financially unresponsible to do that because – We've seen it a million times. You can pick up a running back in like the fifth round and they can produce just as much as, as an all-star, like first round running back. That's your so, best sports take. Yeah. It's, it's it like pretty much unpenetrable. Uh, like there's no opposing side. Anyone that debates like paying a, an all-star running back, it's kind of foolish and they're all the data goes against it. So, yeah. I mean, the giants have a few other needs, like offensive line is still a little bit of an issue. They definitely need another cornerback. So, like, yeah. why invest that money in Saquon 
for next year when you can invest it in like a corner or something. So exactly. No, but I, I like the direction the Giants are going. Dables was a phenomenal uh hire. So I like that. On the other side of things, on the Patriots, it's uh it's a little bit of a bleak offseason. It was a lot of rumors swirling and I do not think Mac Jones has quote lost the locker room like everyone the reports that have come out. Um, but you know, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think there is a little bit of tension between Belichick and Mac. It's these reports are very weird because everything in that organization is so tight-lipped. It, nothing ever gets out. So I'm really always skeptical of these reports. It's like I don't know who's leaking it, and maybe it's Belichick. I don't know, light a fire under Mac's ass, but it's it's very weird and like i said where there's smoke there's fire so there's got to be something going on but i don't think it's been uh it, i don't think it's as bad as everyone's blown it out of proportion more towards the on-field stuff they didn't do anything in the offseason and it sucks <laughs> because it, they, if they run back this team like in this division it's going to be under 500 it's going to be no playoffs everyone around us is getting better that like everyone in the division the jessica rogers um well we don't know about that yet i said Still, if like yeah um, like, oh, i didn't even hear you say yeah my fault if yeah i mean if they do then it's uh that's just another star quarterback along with josh allen and who knows they just signed to uh so is this a make or break year for mac yeah. Oh, for Mac, a hundred percent. Absolutely. For the Patriots, no. Like I, I think if if everyone, I don't know. I think it's hard to even put into words. Like I don't know, man. I think Mac. I don't think he's the guy. That's just the bottom line. He uh, he has not impressed me. And last season was really frustrating. Also, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He was uh, being run by an. A, defensive coordinator matt patricia he was running the offense that couldn't have helped him uh but yeah i hope it doesn't like stunt his growth i'm excited to see what bill o'brien brings into the team but from a personnel wise they did nothing that's what i'm that's what i'm hopeful for is to see him like operate under an actual like offensive system you know what i mean like i feel like he he hasn't been he hasn't been in like a, a solidified offensive system pretty much since his rookie year yeah but even like every year he has to like part of his rookie year not like yeah with mcdaniels yeah. and yeah i mean that was probably the best he's looked um obviously because last season was a disaster but yeah, that's all you can hope for i mean he had he had sarkeesian and o'brien in college obviously head coached by saban and now he gets the league and like every year it's new playbook it's new person it's new coaches in every year he's yeah, kinda, yeah. i don't know there's a lot going on but he's a good kid and I, I hope i'm rooting for him but i do not think he's the guy um on the I, like i love this defense i think they they really uh have the potential like if if you get average offensive play i think it's a playoff team so that's kind of the hope i mean that's all you can really hope for with this offense it's really bad like it's the receivers are awful you've Ramondre stevenson hey, who, who'd you guys get again at a, as a receiver you guys signed someone yeah oh, juju oh, juju yep, yep. Uh, he's tough he's tough no bro. he's not 
I think he is. He's, I mean, like, let's, if he can stay healthy, which is a big, he's if, not like a number one receiver. No, no, like, obviously not, but he's still like serviceable. But he is, as, he's as our, an option. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if we can just, we can just like skate by with him for a season. Hopefully, Mac is trending, trending up. And if not, you never know what's going to happen with him. Let's say he gets canned and then Bailey Zappi comes in. Sorry to get something rolling. Maybe next year we'll get, we'll get like another, you know, or like we'll get a highly touted tight end or, or, or receiver. But like under Belichick, you never know what's going to happen because he's never been known to do something like that. Never. He's so frustrating, but you can't blame the guy. He'll just jingle six rings in your face. Like, yeah. Fuck off. So that, that simple. It is that simple. Just like this podcast has been. Closing remarks here. I think it was a first, you know, good go around for the reboot of this podcast. What do you guys think of it? Yeah, I think when we covered so many topics, so I yeah, think like our longest, like our longest uh, podcast that we that we've ever had. But I mean, we covered NBA, NFL. Gave it was much life. needed, though. It was much yeah, needed. Gave our life stories, but hey, we're we're gonna try to at least do this once a week. You know, me and Jake are both working like nine to five, Monday through Friday. Spence is in the middle of school. So our schedules are still a little bit busy, but we're still going to, you know, try to do this once a week and cover, you know, any breaking news or, you know, preview games or whatever. So, you know, hopefully you guys, you know, continue to watch us and hopefully we'll continue to put out these podcasts. Absolutely. No, I had a blast talking sports with the boys. It's nothing better. So, uh, like we said, once a week, we'll try and pump some episodes out for you guys. And uh, no, I, I had a lot of fun. So thanks for listening. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and like like we said in the beginning, like we're not going to just talk sports, talk about life stuff. We'll talk about you know music, like a bunch of stuff. Like it's just going to be a chill, relaxed vibe, especially since nothing's like set in stone right now with how busy like everyone's life is and stuff. So no, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, these guys are great to get back on the mic with and Obviously, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one moving forward. We got a graduation coming up. It's gonna be a big one, bro. Sheesh. It's gonna be a big uh, one. Three weeks from what's three weeks from yesterday, three weeks from today. No, less, so. right? Or oh yeah. No, I think it's no, three like weeks. two weeks. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I heard Spence I heard Spence's number one in his class in like uh well, <laughs> computer science. Oh yeah, computer I did hear that actually. Yeah, no, I'm it made, it made the papers. I'm number one. I'm number one in cast. Number one in cast. <laughs> oh, True. I'm number one in cast. You guys love cast. Cast is great. Wrap it up. No, cast is great. all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. That's gonna be. That's gonna wrap it up for today's episode. Obviously, first one back of the reboot. Stuck in the middle podcast. It's going to be a good one moving forward, and I can't wait to keep on making episodes with these guys. It's going to be really, really, really fun.
Sunshine, yeah. Moonlight, good times, good times. Okay. Don't you blame it, sunshine. 